The Three Natures of Man, Good, Evil, and the Man Struggling in Between. The Capacity for Good and Evil is Within Every Person from Birth, I Think. Ted Decker. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Lee S's. Today we're going to talk about a trope that can be fun when used kind of in a lighthearted parody way, but also very seriously. Our topic is shoulder angels. And I think most people, when they hear shoulder angels, their first thought is some cartoon. Kronk. Yes. <laughs> that was the first one that came to mind for me too. Also, Tom and Jerry, there's a fair amount of shoulder angel action going on there. That's the example that I'm talking about when I say use it blatantly. It's a parody, it's fun, it's lighthearted. You have Kronk on both shoulders, and the devil Kronk is saying, it's because I can do this. And the other one's like, oh no, he's got a point. (laughs) (laughs) But there is a serious element to shoulder angels. And I think a lot of people who are writing about the massive epic fight of good versus evil incorrectly apply the shoulder angels idea. So we, yes, we are calling it shoulder angels. We're going to get a little Freudian here with the id, ego, and superego, which I think is a less moralistic way to approach the same concept. But it is very much going to be kind of the good versus evil and that fight in between. And that's really the main point I want to get across with this episode is your good guy is not necessarily your protagonist. We kind of use that interchangeably in a lot of ways, but your main character should not be the influence for good in the story. Yes, eventually they will choose good and good wins over evil and blah, blah, blah. But if every choice that they come across is choose good or choose evil, it's very easy and it's very boring. There's no cost, there's no drama. A good story is that gray area in between. And so when we're talking about shoulder angels, outside of the examples of Kronk and the cartoons, we're not talking about actual voices in the head. It's realistic. It's a moral debate between choosing two different things that to the character may not seem good or bad. To the reader, it's often pretty obvious that the best friend who likes cupcakes is an influence for good in the world. And then the serial killer who's trying to bomb the main character is an influence for evil in the world. But the character should be torn between these two and sometimes choose the the devil shoulder. Fun fact, the devil is often on the left-hand shoulder because of the negative connotations with the left-hand side in some cultures, especially in like the Middle East. So let's get into what Lee mentioned earlier, the id, ego, and superego, starting with the id. Id kind of equates to that devil on the left shoulder. It's the primal instinct. It's an urgency, do it now. Not often actually thought about and processed. And the devil's argument on that shoulder is often, no one else is going to take care of you. You've got to take care of yourself. It's very primitive in the way that Freud looked at it, but it keeps people alive. It's that survival instinct. It's that looking out for oneself in, okay, can of worms, 
in the Sanderson book that I just read, main character has the training from her brother saying, you can't trust these people. You can't trust anybody. You need to look out for yourself. That is definitely the id, the part that keeps her scared, but keeps her safe. This is one of those things that to write well requires an understanding of the need to survive. That is what drives a lot of those kind of decisions that your main character may face of choosing between something that is kind of good and something that is kind of not good, but better for them. I'm going to skip ego for a minute and get to the angel side, the super ego. The super ego is that morally driven purpose for justice, for good, for perfection. It's the complete opposite of id. It is, you take the time, you think about it, it's kind of logical rather than a primal emotional survival. This is really where the needs of many outweigh the few. Yeah, and I think the three main races in Star Trek actually portray these three pieces quite well. You've got the Klingons, which are the id, which are the devil on the shoulder, the ones who are prone to violence, prone to passionate everything. The angel are very much the Vulcans in that they're completely logical. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. That's exactly where that comes from. That moralistic high ground that comes with the superego is very much associated with the logical Vulcans. And then humans are the ego character. That in-between. So away from the devil angel, good, evil argument. Superego is not necessarily always good. Yes, there is always a need to strive for the betterment of everyone. There is a need to consider more than just yourself. But sometimes that can be taken to an extreme of caring more about others and putting them above your personal safety. This is a good way in your writing to make that a difficult part of the decision. That character has to decide, are they really going to sacrifice themselves for the greater good? Or are they going to maybe let a little bit of bad continue on as long as they get to stay alive? Yeah, the soldier that fights and runs away lives to fight another day. Even if that means leaving a fallen comrade behind, somebody you know that's not going to survive. Triaging is a hard part of life, but the superego, the angel, would never let that happen. Often, this character in your book is going to be represented by a family or a fill-in family member. So the person who raised them as their daughter, the father character, ends up being this superego angel character. Sometimes it's the mentor But because of the nature of family being everybody working together, the angel slash super ego character tends to be family members. If it's not a family member, it could be a very close friend that is basically family. Mm -hmm. So there are goods and bads with both id and super ego. That's where the middle comes in. That's ego or should be your main character. That person who has to fight and struggle and question, do we go with the devil or do we go with the angel? Because they both say things that make sense. And our quote at the beginning of the episode came from Ted Decker's book, Three, 
which has a very clearly defined aspect of the three natures, the good, the evil, and the main character that's struggling in between. You see that character struggle between, and that struggle is what makes the character interesting. Ultimately, your ego character is the one who makes the decision. That's going to be your main character. That's the one who struggles. And sometimes they will choose the devil on the left. Sometimes they will choose the id, the selfish path. Then sometimes they'll choose the moralistic angel community path. This is something that can really help drive act two of your book in a three-act structure. When you have a character that is struggling between the devil and the angel, between id and superego, act two is the perfect place for them to choose that devil, the survival, the primal instinct, and it usually leads them down a path of bad, of sorrow, of regret, that then in Act 3 can drive a change. In the book I just finished writing, the main character was abused, and much of Act 2 takes place around her returning to her abuser and choosing her abuser over the people trying to protect and save her. And there's drama in that, and it's fun. This is what makes an interesting character. It is super boring to read a main character that has it all figured out, that chooses right every single time. As we said in the first episode of this month, Mary Sue, perfect people are boring. They just don't work for a character. Real people struggle. Real people don't always make the right decision. Real people find themselves stuck between a rock and a hard place. Those decisions that get us out of there, those decisions that are between okay and not okay. The tough decisions are interesting. Yes. And so if you're not making your character face difficult decisions, your readers aren't going to be interested. They aren't going to struggle with the character. And if they're not struggling with the character... They're not part of your story. So I hope in this episode that you've learned a little bit about that struggle that your main character should face. It shouldn't be easy. Their decisions should be hard. They should be actual, real questions along the way. Because fiction mirrors reality. And reality is hard. Decisions aren't always going to be good or bad. And you'll ask yourself, did I do the right thing? That time spent makes it weigh on your mind. So when you write, represent your characters realistically. They could be in a fantasy land, they could be fighting space battles, but they're still real characters. And the best way to do that is give them the biggest challenges they could face and make them struggle with those decisions. And I've found, personally, giving them those challenges means writing selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 